Blog Talk Radio. Uh, 
and you know, I, I attended school not in the ACC, but at James Madison, which is obviously in the ACC footprint, UVA right, right around the corner. Ralph Sampson was at Harrisonburg High School and then in the early part of his career at UVA while I was a student uh, at, at James Madison. And then I spent my entire newspaper and media career in the ACC footprint. I've only worked in Virginia, Maryland, and, and North Carolina. So for most of the last 35 years, I've been chronicling the Atlantic Coast Conference. That's awesome. And, and, and again, you do great work. I know it sounds like a great but I've been following you for, for a while. So, and so, and, and, and so um, speaking of which, uh, the AC Network is finally here. Globally, I mean, we've been tracking, I've been tracking this for like the past three or so years, uh, ever since the rumors were coming out of a, a serious move on ACC Network. So, for those listeners who do not know about why the ACC Network is going to launch by 2019 and stuff, say by next season or whatever, could you give us some insight as to why the 2019 is so significant and its launch date? Well, it's, it's, a, it's a very good question. I think it's the first one that really came to, to most fans' minds because if, if you look at the other networks that have preceded the ACC network, they all yeah. were announced in the spring of various years and then launched about 13 to 15 months later. So given right. those timelines, one would have thought, okay, if the ACC is going to announce the creation of an ACC network, a week ago today, it would logically debut in 2017. The reason for the delay is twofold. And there, there are probably other reasons, but two primary reasons. Number one, sure. the ACC has some contracts with Raycom and Fox for some Tier 3 rights that have to be moved over to the ACC network. It's going to take some take some time to extricate from those contracts. The other reason is ESPN prefers to wait so it can coincide the launch of the ACC network with the um, renegotiations of its uh, carriage contracts with the major cable and satellite providers. So, because I remember um, listening to a podcast, David Glenn podcast, he was very same subject, like because uh, people didn't understand that. I guess ESPN sub, uh, subleased uh, some uh, uh, games to Raycom, and then from and and, and, and not only Raycom but Fox Sports One, and so and so and so areas of, of, of the of the footprint. So yeah, I mean they have to ESPN and ACC would have to buy all that content back, which would be so cost prohibitive. So 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 uh, so uh, pretty much having a 2019 launch date made all the sense in the world, at least to me it did. Uh, I know that some people are still out there in the blogosphere, and I'm sure you've seen them, that are still asking questions about why or why we waited so long and thinking that, you know, like, I guess wait for the other shoe to drop instead of just keep in mind that, you know, it would take that time to get the content back. Now, let me ask you this. Do you think the like, ESPN having some uh, deals expire with uh, with them uh, uh, cable companies have something to do with that as well, and since I think they're set to renegotiate with the likes of Comcast, the Time Warner, K 
Cable, I think, in 2018 or 2019. Does that have something to do with that as well, or am I reaching a bit? No, you're not reaching it. It's absolutely the case. And and ESPN wants to assure uh, a a smooth rollout uh, of the network. I mean, as as successful as the SEC network launch was, I think sometimes people forget that its carriage deals really were 11th hour. There were some folks really, really concerned. You know, are they going to get on some major cable providers? But it turned out they did. So now right. ACC and, and ESPN have more time, and the ACC has this financial cushion because of what John Swafford told me, and he actually gives it a name. It's the channel clause in its contracts with ESPN that until this network launches. ESPN will provide additional rights fees to the conference, so each school's distribution on an annual basis from the league office can continue to increase, and that way the athletic departments in the league can continue to compete financially with the likes of the SEC and the Big Ten. Now, will the ACC get to those levels? Perhaps not, but at least it will be competitive. Right, and so, so be like, like before I go on on that tangent with you. Um, so, is it safe to say that the rumor about ESPN owing the ACC forty five million dollars by by July first, the network wasn't in place? Is it safe to say that that rumor was kind of a had some truth to it, or was it one of those urban legends that people concoct in the media at times? I guess. No, I don't think anyone concocted it. I, I, there, there is a, a, a grain of truth to the, to the fact that, or well, it is fact that ESPN and the ACC agreed that if a, a network wasn't launched by X date, that there would be some additional rights. What that number was, I've never had confirmed. Right, because I, I, I remember West Durham was on a – Talk show, a sports talk show in, in Louisville, I think on ESPN Louisville, and he, he said he heard there was forty five million dollars. He wasn't for certain as well, but he was. But you know, I guess with a smooth fun, and to your point, there obviously was some truth to that. Um, as far as the digital side of things goes, the ACC digital a network called AC Network Plus will start actually next, sometime next month. Um, you know, they'll get the ball rolling like for three years, at least three years before. Um, the linear channel starts. So this is this is my this is due to my like understanding. So it's this question about to ask: When the digital network takes off, um, is there a way is, is there a way that the ACC can make money off of the digital network like the ACC Network Plus before the linear channel takes off, or is just or, the, or is that all lumped into the price fees being raised uh, in the years between? Uh, now and when the uh, linear channel gets started. Well, I, I think everyone, uh, the, the the challenge for for the business folks on the on the television side is the same for those uh, on on my side, the the, the the print online folks trying to monetize mm-hmm. digital. That that's that has been the challenge and, and continues to be the challenge. Uh, can the ACC yeah. do it? Uh, in collaboration with ESPN, perhaps will that income ever approach what they're making on the linear side? Absolutely not. 
Right. Right. That's that, that's what I figured. So, twenty. So in other words, twenty nineteen get, can't get here as quick enough. <laughs> but the good well, news it, is, I I I I, 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 I think there's there's some truth to that. But but again, the clause in the contract is that the ACC's rights fees will continue to increase in the interim until the network launches. And then the network will, you know, in theory, uh, continue to increase revenues and such. Uh, But but let's not forget, you know, right now, ACC schools receive, on average, a full distribution of of ACC uh, revenue is about $26 million annually per school, according, according to the last. Uh, tax returns. Now that's for fiscal fourteen, fifteen. These tax returns lag a year behind. So for right, fifteen, right. sixteen, you re- we don't know those numbers yet. When you when you look best case scenario of network ACC network revenue, like the the SEC network is generating seven and a half to eight million dollars per school oh. per per year. So that's still that's a, that's a really nice chunk of change. The ACC would love right. to add $8 million per school per year to to its distributions. But yes. it does not approach that $26 million. It's a nice add-on, but it's not like it's it's going to to match what's already out there from the guaranteed rights fees. Yeah. Yeah, so, so there you go. But at least there's something. At least it's light at the end of the proverbial tunnel. So that's a good thing. I mean, it could be worse, I suppose. The ACC could be scrambling like the Big 12 right now. So thank God for that. Yeah, and and the the Big 12 is is baffling because from all all (laughs) accounts, internal and external, it seemed that the Big 12 was off the expansion train. And then all of a sudden, news leaked of the ACC network, and they set their hair on fire and said, "Oh my gosh, yes, they did. we've got <laughs> we've got to expand." Well, hello, yeah. the the ACC network has been brewing for years, and only those in denial or delusional or living in a vacuum didn't think this was going to happen. So why confirmation of expected news prompted panic from the Big 12 leadership puzzles me. Yeah, exactly. And, I mean, this this goes to show their leadership. I mean, that's what happens when you let a school, Texas, runs the show. (laughs) But it it just seems that it's a funny turn of events because Excuse me, I, don't, I don't know if you remember, like, I'm sure you do, like, four or so years ago, I think it was 2012, when there was rumors that Florida State and or Clemson were looking to bolt to the Big 12, and how the Big 12 was kind of filling itself at that point, ACC seems to be reeling, but, you know, with the pickup of Louisville to replace Maryland, which I thought was a, a total upgrade across the board, athletically, total upgrade. And, you know, now with this momentum coming up, like with the life of Pasco on the right side in 2012, and now with the news of ACC Network coming in 2019, it's great. It's great to be a, a fan and a member of the Atlantic Coast Conference, uh, great to cover the Atlantic Coast Conference, and 
you know, now it's just such a role reversal that <laughs> that we didn't, that people probably didn't see too what in the know didn't see coming four or five years ago. It's pretty interesting. Well, it, it absolutely is, and I remember doing some radio shows out in the Midwest after Maryland decided to leave for the Big Ten, and as as you referenced, there was talk of Florida State and Clemson perhaps going to the Big 12. Folks out there were asking me, do you think the ACC will survive? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Is, is, is this yeah. literally the end? Will Virginia Tech and, say, NC State go to the SEC if Florida State and Clemson go to the Big 12? And will Virginia and North Carolina and Georgia Tech go to the Big 10? I mean, the the, the rumors – and the speculation were, were nonstop. And then the, the, the key, the, the seminal moment was in the spring of 2013 when Notre Dame and the other 14 full ACC members signed that original grant of rights that locked right. in membership. Syracuse and Pittsburgh yes. were already in the league, and that is when discussions of an ACC network could really kick into overdrive because there was stability in membership. That membership Mm -hmm. had been strengthened and broadened demographically. The addition of Notre Dame was big. So that is what really kick-started this process. And one one of the undersold um, elements of this new deal with ESPN is the nine-year extension of that grant of rights which carries through right. 2035, 36 athletic calendar year. Now, uh, speaking of the ACC network, um, I think uh, I saw you, uh, like I saw a comment of yours where, you know, speculating and thinking that, you know, the content, so the content that will carry, uh, that it could be competitive uh, with the SEC network and the Big Ten network as well. And given that right now, we have, in terms of financially speaking, our power two instead of a power five uh, with the SEC and the Big Ten. Probably, probably, probably uh, the Big Ten is leading the way in revenues right now. Um, do you think the ACC network would be successful to the point where it, we could start talking about, financially speaking again, a power three in the future? Well, th- there's a power two financially right, right. now. Could the ACC make that a power three? Absolutely. And maybe if, if, if the Pac-12 gets its distributions together, you could be looking at a top four tier financially. But the ACC right now has nothing to apologize for competitively. And it, at, right. at the end of the day, isn't that what really matters? You're talking about the only conference this includes the SEC and the Big Ten, that in the last two years has been in both the college football playoff and the men's Final Four. And, oh, by the way, the ACC has also been in the women's Final Four both of those years and in the College World Series. That's Uh, right. The ACC ACC right now is at an all-time peak competitively. It's basketball has won 36 NCAA tournament games in the last two years. That's more than any other two conferences combined. And Florida State won the championship in 2013, the national title. 
was in the inaugural right. college football playoff, then Clemson last year, and you know, North Carolina was very competitive last season, Georgia Tech the year before. You had, you had an influx of new coaches in the league on the football side, and Mark Richt and Bronco Mendenhall and Justin Fuente and even Dino Babers at Syracuse that have folks very optimistic about the future of those programs. And so basically now, um, you know, it's and, – and, and also don't forget lacrosse. Like we, <laughs> like Carolina took home the men's lacrosse title in the upset of a Maryland. And so – And, and it's, 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 Carolina it's, won the men's and women's. That's right. That's right. They See, see, see there you go. We're actually dominating. So okay. here's, here's what I think with the ACC network. I think the worst case scenario – I'm talking about the worst case scenario – Again, I'm not an expert, but if you if if you get subscribers from North and South Carolina, okay, Virginia, uh, Florida, and part of uh, maybe half of Georgia, like because of the presence of the Bulldogs, I suppose, and parts of Kentucky and the Chicago area, which, which is uh, living with Notre Dame fans or whatnot, or even shoot, even just the Carolinas, Virginia. Florida and part of Georgia. I think the the network be a success financially because those states are so heavily populated. It can it can't help but succeed. And New York, Pennsylvania, yeah, there you go. Mass, right, Massachusetts. Yeah, mm-hmm. the, the ACC footprint is is very impressive. The, the the one thing that runs counter to that is while the Big Ten and the SEC are almost predominantly large public institutions, the ACC right. has, a, has a much more diverse membership with smaller private schools right. in Wake Forest. And, and folks forget Miami is, is a private institution. And, and Boston, yeah, Boston College. And, right. and Syracuse. So with, with small, smaller student bodies equate to smaller fan bases and such, so the demand may not, may not match what the Big Ten and its massive public schools generate or what the SEC and its just maniacal football fans. What, what right. they, but, I, but I agree with you. I, I think the ACC's demographics, particularly – with the inclusion of Notre Dame, bode very well for the network. Right, and so, and there it is, folks. <laughs> the ACC will be here. Network will be here in 2019. And you know, one person who has to be really taking all satisfaction is Commissioner John Swafford. I mean, the 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 the, the stories of him, and I think it was a write up on the News and Observer in Raleigh about the journey that he took to to bring the network to reality. Um, the Ninja Swap. What can you, like what else can you say about him? Um, what I, like like I think that the HC Network will further enhance his his already uh, story uh, legacy in the ACC. So 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 how do you think will this enhance John Swap's legacy? I, I I think he will end up being the goat in terms of like commissioners in the conference for him to do what he did to. A, to keep the conference together in 2012 with the Grant of Rights uh, Agreement and with the Shepard and the ACC Network 
into fruition. Absolutely. He's he's the longest tenured commissioner in in the league's history. He was born and raised on the ACC. He played football at North Carolina. He was the athletic director at North Carolina. He even did a stint at the UVA athletic ticket office as a, as a fledgling administrator. So John Swafford is, is as ACC as it gets. And was, was the league caught off guard by Maryland's departure? Absolutely. Uh, was the expansion that brought in Virginia Tech, Boston College, and Miami messy and public and mishandled? Absolutely. But when you look at everything that he has accomplished, with, with, with the help of, of university presidents and athletic directors and faculty reps and, and coaches, it's, I mean, it's unrivaled in, in the history of, of the league. And you, know, you, you referenced the, the, the ninja tag. He likes to operate uh, un, under the radar. And I had a one-on-one interview with him after the announcement of the network last Thursday. And he described it, at the spring meetings how they, they brought John Skipper, the president of ESPN, into a service, service entrance at 7 in the morning to avoid detection from the media. Uh, so he could um, meet with, with the league ADs, and that was the first time that he told the ADs, yes, we're going to, to do a network. And then now, you know, Swafford and, and Dean Jordan, his top TV consultant, they both were on vacation down at Ocean Isle, North Carolina, and that's where they sealed this deal. Dean Jordan riding his bike over to Swafford's beach house. When they did the conference calls with the ads, the president, and the faculty reps, I mean, it's, it's right. stuff like that. It's going to go down in ACC lore. Yeah, I mean, I do remember reading, like reading that, like uh, that that those tidbits about them missing on the ice cream because they were busy finalizing the, the ACC network contract with John Skipper and Company. So this is good stuff in the News Observer. Uh, uh, good stuff there. Uh, I would say this, as far as John Swafford himself, and I know he's a Carolina guy through and through, this is probably the only time this NC State grad here that you're speaking with today cheered hard for a Carolina guy to succeed. So that's probably <laughs> the only time that this is going to happen and probably going to stay that way. But we'll get you out on this. And, 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 and again, this is David Till for the Daily Press uh, out of Newport News, Virginia. Uh, I know that the season starts in another month. And I know it's early, and people probably be changing their minds a thousand times more than I will be. But who do you have in the ACC championship game in Charlotte, just on the top of your head? Clemson-North Carolina rematch. Uh, wow. I know North, Car- I know North Carolina's schedule uh, is, is difficult. Uh, they, they draw Florida State on, on the rotation this year, and, and that's on the road. I just think that the Tar Heels' offense is so much better uh, than anyone else's in the Coastal Division. I think that will right. be enough. And I'm just such a Deshaun Watson guy. And with Mike Williams returning from, from the injury at wide receiver for the Tigers, and then you, you throw Artavis Scott 
at the other receiver spot, and you've got Leg at a tight end, you've got Wayne Gallman at running back. Uh, Clemson, to me, I, I know the Tigers haven't won in Tallahassee since 2006, but they haven't had a quarterback this good uh, playing in Tallahassee either. So I, I right. like Clemson. I, you know what? It's tough for me because uh, right now, I'm, I'm I, like uh, I'm like I, I'm looking at what Florida State's doing. Like they got almost everybody in the mother coming back. Um, no, they still bring back the best running back in the league and one of the best running backs in the country, in Dalvin Cook. It's the only question mark is quarterback, which is why I'm kind of hesitant. So I'm kind of fluctuating between Florida State and Clemson and, and the Atlanta. To be honest with you, the Coastal Division is tougher, mainly because of the presence of Mark Rick in Miami. Now, I, I, mm-hmm. I, you know, I'm. I mean, I I just think that Mark Rick is such – I mean, look at what he did at Georgia, okay? He got fired for winning 10 games a year. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And like, it, like at the SEC East, albeit, but still, all that talent in Miami, um, I mean, I mean, no disrespect to, to Al Golden, the former head coach, but he's mismatched that roster, that talent so much. And it's, it's just baffling. I think that Manny Diaz, the defensive coordinator – and, and, and Rick will get together down there. They don't have as daunting a schedule as Carolina, even though Carolina on paper is a lot better, in my opinion, and your opinion as well, than Miami. I think what's going to come down to is this for Carolina. If Carolina starts off well, if they even, like, even in losing to Georgia, if they start, like, I don't have the, the schedule in front of me, like, two or three and one, I could kind of see it. Um, Otherwise, I think Miami has an easier time. I mean, sure, they go to Notre Dame during the year. They go, I think they go to Vitek as well during, like, like in a stretch in October. Um, so that would be tough for them as well. So it's harder for me to pick a coastal champion. But right now, if I have to go up my gut, I'd say Clemson, Miami. I'll probably change my okay. mind a thousand times between now and the start of the season. But I'll say this one last thing. Watch for Louisville and Pitt. Watch out for those two squads. I, I think that this is this is my purpose. Shut up. I think we're going to have three teams in the ACC with ten wins, with at least ten wins and one division. That's in the Atlantic Division. I think Louisville has a lot of players coming back. I think Lamar Jackson is a heck of a player. And you know, if they start well, if, if they beat Houston on the road and everything else, and you know, I could easily see them winning ten games. So it's going to be a very interesting season. Uh, I, I, you know, I think that Louisville's going to crash the party. I think Pitt's going to do even better this year in the second year under Pat Narduzzi. It's going to be a heck of a year for HC football, and I'm looking forward to it. So I'm not, I couldn't agree with you more. I, I, I like Pitt as a, as a sleeper team as well. Got a lot of people coming back, and Ewan Price getting that extra year of eligibility. He's one of the best edge pass rushers you're going to find in the country this year. Yes, indeed. So, well, that's wrapped up here. Uh, Mr. Teal, thank you very much again for joining me on this podcast. I'll be reading you, and please, everyone, check him out on the Daily Press on, call, on this blog called The Teal Time, and follow him on Twitter as well. Can you give people your Twitter uh, handle? Sure, it's David Teal, T-E-E-L-A-T-D-T. All right, they they have a thanks a lot, David Till. You uh, you have a great rest of the day and a great weekend. You got to do the same. Bye now. All right, bye bye. That's David Till from the, the uh, Daily Press on Newport News. Please check him out there. Bye.
Please check them out on Twitter. There you have it. I think it's going to be a great, great year of ACC football this season. I know that's up to kiss of death, but I'm really feeling ACC this year. I mean, at least from this opening slate, Georgia, North Carolina, or Miss Florida State, Clemson at Auburn, who knows what, how old it's going to be. It's going to be great. It's going to be awesome. It's an awesome year for ACC. Network coming in 2019. The Division Network's going up next month. I'm excited. Anyway, thanks for tuning in to the Cloud Hour. This is Scott Burke, your host. Have a good weekend. Oh, six, y'all. Yeah.